0: We'll To another episode of the Money and Mindset podcast. I am your host, Sharika Alford, here with. And Tricia Brave Smith. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you are a mess, but a lovely mess. I am amazing, baby. Do you hear me? <laughs> yes, yes, you are. And for those of you who may be listening to us as opposed to watching us on um, and Tricia's youtube channel she has on a sweatshirt or a t-shirt that says created to be amazing and yes she is so (laughs) anyway today we are going to discuss an amazing topic that may actually um bring me to tears (laughs) i got my kleenex ready (laughs) but we're going to discuss how to prepare for college dorm life um if you've been around with us Mm -hmm. for a while Back in season one, episode eight, we did a recording about preparing for college and that more or less talked about preparing for the cost and to reduce expenses. But today we're gonna talk about that transition that takes place from living at home to moving to the college campus. And so, and Trisha's gonna provide us with all the gems that she's picked up from experience. And I, on the other hand, we'll be living this out in real time here in a few months. So, and Tricia, are you ready? <laughs> Look, before you start, though, because you have two girls and, you know, they've both done the college life thing. Tell me, what was the emotional part of that like for you? Uh, for I guess, once you're for after your first one left, but then also experience it again with your second one. So, what was that emotional part like? Uh,
1: it's like you're lost. Uh, you now you, you, where you're used to having uh, the kids in the house and doing everything for them, and uh, you know they dependent on you. You have to go find yourself, and and even with being married, you know even in a marriage, it's just like, uh, what do we do now? Because the life has been centered more or less around the children. And now that they're going out uh, to experience college and life more independently of you, you have to find yourself. And uh, that's difficult for some of us to do, especially as women uh, nurturing the kids. Uh, We want to be right there. And so you're now waiting by the phone instead of uh, looking around in the bedroom uh, to make sure that they're okay. And so it's different. It's a transition. Uh, And we hear about that, what they call it, the emptiness syndrome.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah.
1: But we go through changes too, you know? And for most people, they act like they're excited about it. The kids are grown now. Uh, I can do uh, what I like or what I want and focus on me But when you spent the last 18, 19 years focused with a life around those children, you'll begin to realize quickly uh, how different it is. And so there's more phone calls, um, mostly on our part, and there's more pop-up visits, mostly on our part. And for some of the children... Wait,
0: wait, how how did... Hold on now. The pop-up visits, how did that Mm go over?
1: Well, the kids are excited to see you, but they are establishing a life of their own. And so those pop-up visits may not be as you think. You know, it may be that they're with you and excited to see you for 10 or 15 minutes, and then they're ready for you to go on. So (laughs) uh, it's a change. It's a change because they're not as dependent on you. And really, if you're really conscious about their needs and focusing on what their needs are at this time and establishing a life outside of you, then you really have to uh, be accepting of that. And I see most parents, some parents, it's harder to do. They still want to be their child's best friend rather than allowing uh, their child to blossom outside of them. And that can be difficult. That they, they can really be uh, difficult. It's emotional for us, parents. And I think that much of that we suffer in silence, you know, mm-hmm. wondering why we don't have that time or why um, they don't have, but a 15, 20 minute uh, attention span around us now, because we, def- we've dedicated a whole life around them. And, and now to reduce that to less than 30 minutes, that
0: can be uh, emotional for the parent. Now, what about the visits home? Because I know, you know, you send them off, they go to school, but then they have these breaks, you know, for the mm-hmm. holidays and summer, summer breaks. Did you run into any type of conflicts with, you know, them being used to being on campus uh, experiencing mm-hmm. freedom that they've never had before mm-hmm. but then coming back home <laughs> I mean a- absolutely how, how do you balance that
1: uh, really it's understanding that the roles have now changed yes they come home for a visit but then you begin to see a child that has developed and is developing uh, their own sense of identity and not only that, you are seeing behaviors that maybe you never uh, experienced or seen before, because they're dealing with things that they may not come home and share with us. College life, you know, we hype it up and it's a good thing and everyone's excited, but there's also some dark sides of that life as well. They don't tell you about the crime that goes on That's not a conversation that's gonna happen. They're not telling you about the parties and the rapes and the uh, bullying and uh, things like that that are going on on college campuses. And this stuff is real. Yes, they're living their best life, but along with that, when things happen, You begin to see addictions that you've never seen before. You begin to uh, see mental health issues that arise that uh, you've never seen before or or maybe have been blind to uh, over the past years. And you begin to see a side sometimes in sexual natures that uh, you were not privy to from having your child home. So there's a lot of transitioning that goes on. Um, like I said, not only for the parent, but with the child too. So when they return home for visits, especially for any length of time, you want to be protective of that. I was more secure in my kids being on a campus away from home than I was with them being at home because at home, now you have the high school bullies that haven't did anything. And you're worried if they're going to hang out with the high school, uh, friends from high school and stuff, the jealousy and things like that, that can now be uh, taken a little too far, you know? So I didn't worry about them so much being away around new people as I did from the people that knew them already. And so that's a whole nother issue because now they want you to come and party with them and they're doing nothing with their life. And so, uh, are they going to hurt my child? Uh, or are they going to try to set them up and do, do harm? Or are they going to try to slip them something, you know, to create this whole nother uh, topic, <laughs> so to speak? But because it happens. I've seen a lot of uh, athletes uh, return home for breaks and they end up in a, a cemetery before mm-hmm. able to return to college, you know. And, and it's just, um, it's real life. And we're not talking about it enough to draw awareness around it. So the way I handle those home visits is to just be open and real with my thoughts. I don't think that's a good idea that you go to that party uh, this holiday (laughs) with that set of uh, people. You know, I don't think it's a good idea. And this is why. This
0: is why I have the thoughts that I have. And so uh, those home visits can be challenging. They, They can be. Yeah, trying to trying to come up with that that compromise, you know, mm-hmm. yeah from the parent side, acknowledging that yes, my child well, well, they're gonna always be your child, but my child Absolutely. is growing into this young adult. Um, so I, I do have to kind of loosen the reins a little bit, but you still mm-hmm. want to keep them protected. Absolutely. So let's kind of um let's shift gears and talk about upon arrival to the campus. Now, you know, I was that, non, that non-traditional student, so I never lived in a college dorm and all that, but I know way back when you've experienced that personally. How, how what advice would you give to say that teenager who's just now stepping on a college campus, who maybe they're excited, but still a little anxious, what tips would you have for that, uh, for that student to help them to adjust and, and settle in better?
1: Be confident in you and in the values that have been afforded to you through your parents or through your community or whatever that looks like for you. Because I I realize that we all come from uh, different backgrounds and we have different standards, different morals. And when you're not confident in who you are and accept who you are, whatever that is, You're going to find yourself falling for uh, anything, just trying to fit in. So be confident in that. Uh, You don't have to fit in because you was created to stand out. And whoever you are, in all of your uh, flaws, in all of your uh, greatness, in all of whatever creates you, be confident in that. So that you don't have to fall for everything that is presented in front of you.
0: Yeah, that's good. Now, did you have a roommate back in your college days? And <laughs> how yeah. I would imagine, you know, having a, having a roommate and not being used to having to share a room with someone. I know from my own kids, my own trinity's perspective um would kind of be kind of a a shock so i would imagine it would be really important to set some guidelines and lay out expectations as soon as you show up on campus and figure out who your roommate's going to be and sit down and have a chit chat with that person which i mean you don't know who you're going to end up with um what do you recommend in those cases well uh you bring your set
1: of 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 hope. They're going to bring their set of hope. You bring your attitude, they bring their attitude, behaviors, all that. And so now it's like a marriage and like a compromise. And um, sometimes it's hard to do, and it can create tension within the uh, room, in that tiny space that you have to share with this total stranger. Uh, For the most part, initially, they're going to be dependent on each other because they're in a strange place in a strange land, and they've just been dumped off there <laughs> and expected it to make it work. So initially, they're going to gravitate toward each other, and eventually, as time goes on, and depending on the college campus and the activities and stuff that they have for uh, the new orientation and the new arrivals, then your child and other children, uh, there's there's still kids. Uh, you know they're going to gravitate to what's familiar to them so they're going to find those that uh they're going to uh begin to like they're going to find those that share similar values and things like that they're going to begin to attract um what they need now as far as the roommate so to speak um You may have one a little messier than the other. You may have one that wants to borrow all the time from the other. You may even have one that likes to steal from the other. And that is going to be something that you're going to have to figure out as the student going into a college campus and uh, being hooked up with a stranger, so to speak. You're going to have to figure out how you're going to uh, deal with that. And so a parent having that conversation with a child uh, before making that transition, hey, potentially you could have a roommate like this. How are you gonna handle it? Because for some kids, those conversations can be um, challenging to have, difficult to have because they don't wanna disappoint. They don't want someone not to like them. You don't know what their life experiences have been in the past when they go against the grain. And so for a child who is not comfortable having that conversation and now perceived as being a bitch or now perceived as being uh, too good or uh, bougie or whatever other words that the mean girls use now, I don't know, they don't want to be the outcast initially arriving in this new place. They want to be liked. And so having these conversations and maybe setting up some case scenarios, how are you going to deal with this situation? You're liable to get these phone calls where your kids are calling, bawling their ass out because the roommate nasty to them or the roommate uh, talks about them to their friends or something like that because maybe they're not as clean as the roommate or maybe the roommate has now, uh, developed this jealousy toward them and creating chaos. So you're gonna get phone calls in the middle of the night sometimes with maybe your kids bawling their eyes out because of something that has happened And, and though it seems minor to us, to them and you know how we act when it's our kids dealing with them we're not rational. We're not rational. And so the way I handle those midnight calls is I listen first, I talk second, and then thirdly, if necessary, I make a visit. And sometimes that's throwing my whole weekend plans off. Sometimes it's throwing my uh, whole day off of work. But whatever it is, that child still comes first because though we feel like we've done all that we could to Uh, prepare our kids for this life, we're going to find areas that we lack. And sometimes just that visit for 10 or 15 minutes is all they need to know that they can make it another day in that environment.
0: Ooh, girl, you just unpacked a lot. (laughs) And when I tell you, I don't know that Mr. Alfred and I are ready for any midnight phone (laughs) calls. Well, this is the stuff we don't talk about. This is the stuff we don't talk about. (laughs) I know. And if you are just now joining us on the Money and Mindset podcast, we are discussing tips for college dorm life. And what I would suggest you do is listen to this episode all the way through and then go grab your team. And have them to sit down and listen to the episode with you and you guys start having these open discussions and dialogues about all the issues and all the Mm -hmm. things. And as far as the students are concerned, guys, I know you're going to be excited about getting out of the house and having that freedom, but please, as best you can, make sleep a priority. I I know you want to do all the parties and all the things and all the social events in the clubs. And you might squeeze in a little studying and cramming for a test. I don't know, but please, please, please do prioritize sleep because Mm -hmm. (laughs) lack of sleep, sleep deprivation impacts us in many ways.
1: And nutrition is another uh, because we're consuming alcohol and other substance uh, legal and illegal. Um, And, being in within crowd. Um, and, and your child may not do that. Let, let me say that. Your child may not do that. I'm just telling you what my experiences have been and some of the experiences I've seen other parents grow through that uh, they never talked about. But me watching, I'm always watching children. I'm always watching what they do, watching behaviors. When you see behaviors that show up you also have to prepare yourself. How you're going to deal with that? What you're gonna? How you're gonna deal with that? A child is still your child, even when they're not at their best and making the best decisions. And let me say this: You can walk around with a cloud over your head all you'd like. Your child is not going to always make the decisions that you think that they're making. Now, my question to you is how are you gonna react or how are you gonna respond to that? Because they're still human. They're still looking for that identity. They're still looking to be loved. They're still looking uh, for not to be judged. How are you gonna deal with that? How are you going to respond? How are you gonna react to that child? And let me tell you, the first moment you judge, or they think you've judged, they're gonna pull away. How are you are gonna handle that? For a child that you've always kept close and nurtured. And it's not that you're actually judging them, it's because they're already judging themselves because they know that the things that they're engaging in and experiencing at the time, whether you know it or not, they know within themselves that you wouldn't approve. And so they're looking and they'll pick information to you to see how you react or respond to that. And so we have growing to do on that level as well because they don't want to be judged. They want to be accepted, even in all the uh, things that they go out and try and experience. It may not be substance. Sometimes it's sexual. Sometimes it's identity crisis. Sometimes it's um, just dealing with, um, past trauma that maybe they didn't get to deal with before they left home, mental health issues that begin to surface that maybe you wasn't aware of when they were at home and now they're out here and, and they can't handle it. So parents, you also have to know resources in the area to where your child is going to uh, school. You need to know uh, who their advisors are. You need to know the deans of the school. You need to know uh, uh, community resources for mental health and other things like that, because sometimes all you're doing, and if they're athletes, you have to know the coaches and establish a relationship with the coaches, because there's going to be times that you can't talk to the child, so to speak, and I apologize for the noise if you could hear that noise, but you have to make calls to the coaches, to those community resources, to the deans of the schools, to those advisors to set things in place for your child, to make sure that they get the help they need when you notice stuff. Not all the time you can go and have that conversation to that child. Like I said, it just depends on where they are in that area without feeling judged. And so there were times I had to make Background phone calls or send background emails so that the coach can initiate something or that a community resource can reach out, or so that the advisor could reach out and And this is just you have to
0: move in wisdom. you have to move in wisdom. so I, I, what I heard you say was, as a parent, uh, I would need to keep my emotions in check. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When when dealing with all the situations, whatever they may be, and, and also it still takes a village. And absolutely, when that child is on on the college campus, that village could be the coaches or the advisors or you know other staff members. In absolutely, that, area that can help. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. That's and, good. and so
1: you want that information. Who is your professor for that class, because if they're struggling in a particular class, sometimes you're sending background emails. Sometimes you are, sometimes, and, 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 and believe me, those professors, they want that relationship with you because times have changed and they're telling us parents that we don't have rights. And unless you have a relationship with that, professor or with that advisor, you're not going to know anything. And a child can still be making uh, straight A's. They could still be doing well, but still yet be dealing with some serious social emotional uh, Mm -hmm. problems that uh, can go silently without warning and really be consuming your child. And that's why when your child returns home on those visits, you don't recognize them.
0: Mm. I think I need to go lay down and take myself a nap after (laughs) all of this. (laughs) Now, now that you mentioned the professors, um, as far as like the academic side, I know that a big part of staying focused on on track is coming up with a way to organize and schedule the all the to-dos and the checklist. Um I I would imagine that there's probably like different apps out that they have available for students, for college students to organize and and manage their time. But of course, somebody like me, a planner, a good old-fashioned planner. That's a good gift. That works. That's a good gift. Yes, Mm -hmm. that works. So I would say parents sit down and, and in your discussions with your student, your child, help them figure out what's gonna work best for them to keep everything organized, whether that be the pen and the planner, or one of the apps, because there's a lot of apps out there. You just go in and search uh, college student app and you'll see a whole lot of stuff come up. So that's something to start talk, thinking about and talking about beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. And well, another thing while you're talking about organizing, uh, they
1: still have to organize finances as well some of these children are going to a college campus and for the first time in their life, uh, they get a financial aid, sum of money, or, um, maybe you send allowance and sometimes they can uh, drain you dry when you don't put boundaries upon that. So, um, financial organization is also something that's going to be important because they're going to want to fit in, uh, and they may be, uh, connected with another student or a boy or a girl that they like uh, that maybe don't have money. And that can potentially become a uh, issue as well because you're giving, giving, giving Mm -hmm. because you want them to have and not depend on anybody, but also it can create a whole set of issues as uh, well. Uh, And even with a vehicle organizing Uh, boundaries and setting rules and regulations around vehicles if you're sending them uh, with a vehicle. And on the flip side of that, if you're sending them without a vehicle, what is that going to look like when they depend on somebody else who can potentially take advantage of them and drain their finances as a result of depending on them for transportation? So it's a lot of things to look at. It's no one size fit all uh, because all of our situations are different Mm -hmm. But um, there's a potential that your child can uh, also experience their first uh, domestic uh, abusive relationship and situation Mm -hmm. when they uh, go off to college as well, because they see the boy that they like, the big boy on campus. They see uh, the girl that they like. Oh, she fine. Uh, And, you know, you just never know what you're going to get. College life is like a box of chocolates. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right forest
1: yeah so i mean yeah. you know it is what it is
0: yeah absolutely organizing finances absolutely i mean i know you may allow your child to have a, a credit card to use for emergencies you absolutely want to lay out hey sh- the shoes that are on sale that's not an emergency you already have 20 pair you know but not to, to say that they won't get it, it. That's the thing. That's the
1: thing. Because now I'm independent. And mama find out, but she'll find out later. But what is she going to do? I'm grown now. You know, am I going to get a whooping or whatever? I mean, you know, it it is what it is. The the dynamics, the roles do change, you know, and they're going to test and press their uh, limits, one area or another and it may not be finances and it may be just finances. I mean, you know, we, we can't never tell, but we have to prepare. And like I say, it's about preparing ourselves and going through these scenarios in our head, how we're going to handle it when it surfaces, because something Mm -hmm. will surface. It may not be everything that we've talked about here on the platform, but it will be
0: something. Right. Yeah. Mm And, and of course, if you know your child and we do know our children, you may not feel comfortable with them having a credit card even if it's for emergencies Mm -hmm. and if that be the case, you know, another suggestion is maybe gift cards Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure around these different colleges, they have one of the, you know, yellow, blue, green, one of the stores, Mm -hmm. gift cards or just a general visa Mm -hmm. gift card. That way if they do decide to lose their mind, they can only lose it so far. That's (laughs) That's right.
1: You have so to make it other. easy on you. You have to make it right. easy on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Many right. parents have been strong alone financially, thinking that their kids are in school and attending classes when they actually were not, but yet they were spending their parents' money because they knew as long as my parent thought I was in school or thought I was doing this or that, then they, they were gonna send it to them. And, and so you can't be blind and 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 how are you gonna handle sending hundreds of dollars to your to a child that you think is attending classes and they're not? how are you gonna handle that?
0: Po uh-huh. child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, you brought up a good point. You said we think they're in class, and they're not. Did you ever kind of monitor? Because I know at least with them being at school now, you know, you monitor your kids' grades. You can go online, pull them up. What type of, did you monitor or were you just like, hey, you don't have that right? The only way you have that right is that
1: you have that relationship with that child and that child gives you access to that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's why I say you want to build relationships with the professors. Mm. Okay. Okay you may be able to uh, have a strong enough relationship with that child where they give you access to their school email because that's where the communication goes. You may have access to uh, their uh, school uh, platform where they go in and and do the discussions and and check in the grades and stuff like that. But other than that, you don't have any rights whatsoever. Childs can tell you anything. They're going to tell you what they want you to believe Until you actually found out the truth. Yeah. And and so at that point, um, did I monitor grades? I had access to it, but it wasn't my place to monitor. Because at that point, all I can do is help you with an assignment if you're having trouble. At the end of the day, whatever you make of that, that's going to be your responsibility. This is like your job. I didn't want my kids working on a job. Work study, it's good and something that they can do on campus, but it will take away from uh, the academic responsibility. Some kids have to do work study uh, just to make it, just to survive. Um, But that's a lot of pressure. It's no different than us going to a nine to five every day and still having to keep the household together. And still go to college ourselves and try to make a better life for ourselves. It's no different. Whatever you do away from academics and away from that campus, that college life, that's added pressures. And I think for an 18 or 19 year old who is just coming off of mom and dad's nest, I don't know that they're mentally prepared for that. And so you set them up for right. other uh unnecessary pressures in my point of view. So with my, my children, my children were not expected to work on a job financially and whatever went on. That was my responsibility. Something yeah. I should have been prepared for and something that I assumed responsibility for. Shouldn't have to worry about paying a car note. Shouldn't have to worry about uh, the dorm rent and, the dinner uh, rent and all of that. That was what I considered my responsibility. But when a child wants to be grown or maybe they have that uh, strong personality, like some of them do, they want to be independent of you. And when they assume that responsibility of their own, then it's theirs then it's theirs. You give it to them. It's theirs. It's no longer your responsibility. You allow them to be as independent or lack thereof as they feel like
0: they're capable of handling at that point. Choices and consequences, and you got to pay the cost to be the boss. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Now, I know you have a few resources available um, that are out there and highly recommend it for someone who may be in a position of about to send their child off and what you have a book what's the name of your book
1: uh in the book time to talk which is um my third book time to talk in chapter 10 uh it maps out how to prepare your child for college education Um, preparing for college, many of us think it begins our junior and senior year, which is farthest from the truth. Preparing for college really begins at birth. (laughs) Whether your child wants to go or not, you don't know, but that's when preparation really starts. But I map out in chapter 10, uh, for as early as sixth grade, how to prepare your child, uh, for college and, uh, continuing education. And so if you get this book, Time to Talk, In chapter 10, it will map that out for you so that you can see uh, the steps you need to take and should take to make the transition into furthering your education more easier, not only for you, but for the child in knowing that you already have finances set up, knowing that you already have the classes and things like that uh, in place prepared for uh, college and where to find scholarships and things of that nature as well. Many of us think, oh, my child is smart, they have straight A's, and they've done good all through high school, that they're gonna do well in college. And sometimes that can be farthest from the truth. Public education does not always prepare or equate to preparing your child for college. And so this book will guide you step-by-step from sixth grade on, in having to create a plan for preparing your child for college. So it's a good resource to keep in your home library.
0: And how can the audience get that?
1: You can get the book by visiting me on my Linktree at linktree slash Antricia Bray Smith. Again, that's linktree slash Antricia Bray Smith. Look for Antricia's books, or you can find my books on Amazon.
0: Okay. Yes. And the link tree address, it will be in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Um, Before we wrap up, one last question. Thinking back, is there anything that you, I'll say any one thing that you would have done differently uh, had you known at the time of your girls going off to the college campus? I would be more financially prepared. Okay.
1: I would be more financially prepared. I think that has been the most difficult thing, uh, not having a strong enough financial base or financial foundation to support what was needed. Because we think when they have scholarships and things like that, they're not going to need any uh, really additional financial assistance, but that can be farthest from the truth as well.
0: All right. Well, that's it for this mind-blowing episode of the Money and Mindset podcast. Until next time, take care.